You're listening to the Global Sales Leader Podcast with your host, Jason Cooper. This is episode 22, and this is part two. Uh, we're Paul Mussolinitis, uh, and this is all about how can your voice win more sales in relationships. This is another phenomenal podcast, and it will really help you and give you some really good insights about how you can use your voice and how you can command the different dialects and the vowels within your voice to produce better results and how you can actually influence in a persuasive manner, but come across in an authentic manner. So you really will like this. I, I learned so much out of this and I'm sure you will do as well. I think you said, you, is it your daughter or son that's 12? Or? My daughter. Yeah, your daughter. My daughter's almost 12. So we're probably at the same stage <laughs> with uh, father-daughter relationships at the moment, which can be erratic and challenging at the best of times. And how do we step into their world? Uh, because like, sometimes it's, 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 it's very difficult to jump in there. And do I stay back? Because this sort of stuff helps me even interact with uh, my audience as well yeah. because not everyone is uh not, we know it not everyone is the same but i think if you can understand a child at 11 12 13 i think you'll be good for anyone and any audience that you can possibly have yes i mean i th i think it's i mean i've i've loved the different stages of communication with my both my i have a 14 year old son as well so you know it's kind of i do i i do think and I think maybe more so as a father than than a mother. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm speculating here, but I think the danger. Well, I found in my own experience was the danger was to try to teach, to try to educate, to try to well to encourage and to support. But but I, I actually there was a moment in time where I just went, hang on a second, you know the the best way to learn is to learn for yourself i mean i know we all know this but i think as as adult parents we tend to want to protect our children we want to of course you know make sure that they're they're not suffering and of course we don't want them to suffer but i i do think that art of listening i mean you talked about we talked about earlier on in different context and you know my daughter is uh, has become involved in so many different areas of social media with restrictions obviously yes. but I mean, yeah uh, <laughs> actually with quite a lot of restrictions but but actually she you know it taking the time to understand her TikTok world i mean the TikTok is something that i never really got into uh or even snapchat and and actually yeah. and, and, i mean instinctively i would have went oh not another one another thing that is going to keep her face in the screen and and she's great she does gymnastics and drama so she's not always there but i do worry yeah. And so it, it's it's trying to find the joy for for me. It's trying to find the joy in what she's doing or what my son is doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that just listen. And you talked about language. I mean, and again, the pace, pitch, and volume. I mean, people are giving us clues all the time in the way that they speak and in the way they physicalize and in the language they use. And I think as humans, we're already pretty good at at noticing things. It's just that when we're in work mode, we tend to forget about our our superhuman powers. 
Um, I spent, before lockdown, I spent a lot of time running uh, courses and training people. And, and the title was Super, Superhuman Powers uh, for Humans, because I think, I think, I think this is superhuman. I mean, it's amazing. We can do all kinds of uh, amazing things, but we just take it for granted because that's what most of us do anyway. And this difference between talking and speaking. Yeah. I think it's a matter of practice, isn't it? You really have to get it into your uh, unconscious mind or your subconscious mind so you do it automatically. And as you're starting to speak, I'm actually starting to use the same breath as you talked because i remember that because uh, there's obviously some neuro connections between what you're saying and go oh yeah that's how you do it that's how you you breathe and you use the on the same breath but it's actually just to remember to and to remember to doing that as opposed to just going in autopilot mode and i think that's something because we know that once you breathe well you start to calm down sure and sure. you start to become a little bit more thoughtful. And I think the blood rushes to your brain and you start to get tingles in your brain that it starts to relax you a little bit. And probably goes back to when we first started is the uh, that imposter syndrome. But once you start to breathe properly, I think everything just calms down well, a little can bit. Can I just say, we all know how to breathe properly. Yeah. But, but stresses and things get in the way and breath goes in all kinds of different directions and and it goes back to what we were saying about the first time i did the, the corporate session when someone said this is amazing and i thought they were just making fun of me but actually we we do need to to learn how to breathe whether that's with yoga or meditation or tai chi for me tai chi was a revelation i mean the tai chi is known as the breathing the breathing yeah. martial art and it's very hard not to go th through these beautiful movements without feeling that your whole body is breathing with the movement. And, and even though I trained as an actor and I, I had those skills a hundred years ago, things like meditation and, and, and I'm not, I'm not, a, I, I actually like doing yoga. I'm, I'm not very bendy or flexible. So I kind of, <laughs> you know, it doesn't always work for me, but, I, but Tai Chi and meditation, I just think are, are, are amazing things. And, you know, our our breath obviously is the source of our life and it yeah. fuels so many things, but it is it the the voice travels on the out breath. Yeah. And we've got to remember that because you can talk about doing breathing exercises, working on your diaphragm and all this kind of stuff. And I would say, don't worry about your diaphragm. Your diaphragm already knows what to do. Yeah. Really focus on the out breath and and let your voice travel on let your voice travel on that air because that's where the authenticity is that's where the the truth is and if you think about people when they're really feeling their truth or they're really trying to connect with people you know we're looking at their eyes we're we're trying to make those connections and quite often we'll slow down and quite often we'll lengthen our vowels because vowels are where emotion and intentions are carried in the voice. It's not in the consonants. You know, the consonants are identifiers. The difference between pony, tony, sony, phony, bony is just a, there's little sounds, but the vowels carry the emotions and, the, and, and intentions. And, and again, as humans, we know this. 
lullabies are soothing because they're elongated vowels, you know, la, yeah. la, la. or when you're whispering sweet nothings into your loved one's ear, you're not going, you know, because that would be really irritating. You're doing the mm and the ahs because that's where, that's where humans feel the, the intention or the emotion in your words. And I always think that people talk about, well, I talk a lot about pace, pitch, volume, and pause, but the fifth one, and probably the most important one, is the way that we use our, our vowels. Yeah. And I'm now deliberately elongating my vowels as I talk to you, and you can get a sense of, well, maybe I'm just being a bit more connected, or, or maybe I'm being a bit more passionate about it. Now, I can go back to talking like this, but remember, the, the, there's a logical side of us, and there's an emotional side of us. And if I so just say, I was going to actually say, is it because uh, uh, our brains have a, a moment of distraction and a moment of sameness? Is that what you mean? So if, you, if you're always the same, but you're quite monotone and you're speaking on sort of a flat level, but if you sort of elongate the vowels and go up and down, up and down, like like people from Cork, uh, that's uh, Cork in Ireland, everyone, on the uh, that's outside of here, that's uh, listening to poll today, but. If you're flat and monotone, you just sound like a drone. But when you sort of, as you said, elongate your language to make it sound interesting and compassionate and wonderful, is that sort of what you're talking about? Yeah, they're they're all intermovable. Yeah, because you know, you can be. It depends on the situation. I mean, if you want to give somebody a fact, you're probably better off doing it in a staccato manner. Yeah. Two plus two equals four. The capital of Ireland is Dublin. You know, there's no emotion there. It's a fact. The price yeah. of this product is. Here are, the, here are the features. Here are the benefits. I mean, it can be a fact. But then if you want to in, make it emotional, because we know that emotions drive decisions, there's obviously there are the logical things, the price points and the functionality. But, you know, so if you, if you said two plus two equals four, the people, people can understand that. You don't have to do anything with that. But if I was to go two plus two equals four, even though it's the same thing, your brain kind of goes, huh? What, what happened there? Because it was like an elongation. So yeah. quite often we're delivering facts, but then you want to make the fact relevant to them. So yes, this is the, yes, two plus two equals four, but here's what four will mean for you. Here's how four will make life easier for you. Here's how four will save you money, will save you time, will save you energy. And you have that beautiful balance between the staccato-ness, the logicness, the log is there yeah. such a word, logicality, and and the emotional. And I always remember someone telling me that salespeople, people who speak slightly faster than normal, will sell more because they have that enthusiasm and that confidence. But people yeah. who speak too fast too much of the time will sell considerably less. And I think it's because they remove that opportunity for vowels now i'm not talking about inflection i'm talking about yeah. elongating the vowels and it's you know if if you were going to choose between between this one and this one i really think that this one is going to save you much much more time and and then you'll be you, you'll finish half an hour early and you can go home and spend more time with your kids okay, but the that sounds really good. can i have two of them please yes you can have i'll just send me your details and your bank account number and, <laughs> and I'll, um, I'll send you as many as you want. Okay, that sounds absolutely awesome. So, Paul, 
if you were interviewing you, what sort of questions would you ask you? <laughs> wow, you know that's, that's I've never been asked that before. What yes. kind of questions would I ask me? Yeah, I think I've I think. Well, if I was interviewing me, you see, here I am now trying to trying to dissect, trying to dissect what you're you're saying. Because again, that's part of I, I need to understand your question. I think this is so important for sales. Yeah, it always amazes me. I'm sorry, I, I will answer your question in a second, but it always amazes me how salespeople will go to make a presentation or will go to make a pitch yeah. without asking the person they're making their presentations or pitching to asking them what they want or you know where would you like us to start because otherwise you end up going and talking about everything yeah that, and you know and 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 really all they wanted to know was well compared to this or compared to this which one's better so you know if if you a little email saying hello jason i'm coming to meet you next week uh with uh to talk about our product uh, what, what what in particular would you like me to focus on? And then whatever they say, that's where you start. Yeah. And you, then you can bring in your other stuff. So I guess if I was if I was asking myself that question, it would probably be how what have I learned to make things easier for other people? Because the reason you know you were kind enough to call me an expert, and and I think everyone is an expert in something. But you know, yeah. if you is not the whole point of of going to an expert. You want them to give you a shortcut. Now yeah. you're delusional if you think that you can become an expert by doing the shortcut. But you do want the shortcut so that it will make your journey a bit easier, and you can avoid the the things that possibly went wrong for me or for you or for other other people. So I think that's the beauty of it. So I, I, I yeah. I, I, I've been trying to write a book for a long time. Awesome. It's, it's actually become a bit of a joke amongst my colleagues because I actually, <laughs> I actually gave up saying it's, it's coming out next year. It's coming out next year because I think what I want to write about is the, the things that I've learned that make things easier. I, I don't really want to talk about the anatomy of the voice and, yeah. and, and, there are so many books about so many things about influence about impact and other people I'm, I'm sure do them brilliantly and I and I don't want to I don't want to just be another person doing that kind of stuff but I look at it from my perspective I, I think because of that combination of performance and corporate and other things um, and, and also I have to say also being a you know being a, a child of an immigrant coming into a country you know greek parents and coming into uh, coming to ireland and 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 having a slightly different perspective of yeah. of the world and i think you have it there i think that's your book and that's what you have to do because you've said yeah. what your book is and it's a story yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, so, stories i mean we haven't even talked about stories but stories yes are what make the world go round and and I don't necessarily think that I've done anything special, but what's been really funny about my career is that I've I never I never really decided I would be a voice coach or a communications coach or whatever you want to call me. Um, but it's the, I, I've done other things. I've had video companies. I've had 
agencies. I've 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 had other I, I've created other environments, but I've yeah. always I've sold them, and I've always come. I, well, I never left voice, but it's always been the thread that's run through everything, and and I think it's the thread that runs through through humanity. And I love when we were able to go to other countries, and I and I love seeing that when you remove the words. We're, we're just people who think, Sorry. who breathe, and who vocalize. And it's the same anywhere in the world. And that thing I was talking about, the vows and intentions, the intentions and um, and meaning being in the vows, that's in any language across the world. And I think that's our humanity. If we just take the time to, to observe and connect and use our natural human superpowers, uh, which voice is a big part of that i think i don't i think it's possible to connect with with anybody that you and and genuinely help them make you can make you can really help people feel good even if you don't give them what you want and i think that's another thing about sales is that you know you may not have what they're looking for but the very least you can do is make them feel good about what they're doing and they'll remember that you know they'll remember that there is a famous quote in that, isn't it? Uh, it's how they, uh, I can't remember exactly, but it's, it is how you pass that feeling from one person to another to make them yeah. feel good. Yeah. And it is, it's that feeling that, because they, they fundamentally buy from you as opposed to, you might have the, a, a product, this, that, and the other, but they're, they're investing their time to you because there's a lot of stuff that which is the same at the moment. A lot yes. of competition and a lot of, stuff that looks and feels the same, whatever the company might look and feel like. But fundamentally, they buy from you because sure, you're sure. you're the one with the superpower. Yeah. And, and COVID has really highlighted that because we've people have been buying so many things online. I mean, if you, I don't know, if you think of, if you were buying a yoga mat, I mean, there are hundreds of thousands of people selling yoga mats, but you're drawn to this one because maybe it's the way that it's, presented or maybe the, the blurb underneath it or yeah. or maybe someone's taken the time to to explain to you and you kind of feel well I feel I I know it's exactly the same one and it's 50 50 cent cheaper or 50 pence cheaper but I want to buy from this person because I just like the way they presented it and I think it's I think COVID has highlighted that um and I think COVID has highlighted our humanity I think it's also highlighted our our disconnectivity and the, I, I, yeah, it's highlighted so many things. And I have to say, I, I, it's really given me food for thought in this last year as to how communication needs to change, has changed, doesn't need to change. And um, I, I've been fascinated by the politics in the United States, particularly. Oh, that's been all fun. The, all the rules have been broken, really, around communication and. And I, I I always start my courses by saying communication is not what you say or do or think or intend or feel. It's what people receive and then how they feel about what they've received. And it's extraordinary when you go from, for example, from Obama, who was, you know, put on this pedestal as being this amazing communicator. But then you look at his successor yeah. <laughs> and you kind of go... He's just not doing any of those things, but he has had an equally powerful effect on that particular audience. And, yeah. and you really have to begin to, to look at that and understand why. So I think a lot of the rules have been thrown out the window, um, but 
we all have that ability to connect and engage vocally on on the most human level and and recognize that we're talking to humans yeah yeah machines can do all this wonderful stuff but at the end of the day we're still selling to humans we're still talking to humans we're still engaging with humans and i love that i think that's the most brilliant thing that is going <laughs> i think we've got a fascinating area i i think i'll just ask you one more question because i'm in a time warp at the moment because i'm fascinated in this area okay, i'm sorry every time you ask me a question i talk for hours no i know that i know <laughs> that I know, but i like that because you're adding so much value and so many sort of uh golden nuggets along the way that the audience are going to love and take from it which is exactly what i want to position this podcast in uh audio and visual because i want people to actually see you as well as hear you because i think that's important as well yeah and the question i was gonna ask and where is your learning where do you keep on learning because i know we spoke just before we got on and you were saying the you're fascinated between the the cork accident and then there was a you heard there's a a, a, a a direct correlation between that and the Jamaican accent. And I found that quite fascinating. It made me start to think, wow, uh, you've just come across that. And uh, where do you where do you keep deep diving and learning from in this? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's I, mean, I, I heard that from a, I was at a conference in, in Las Vegas 15, 20 years ago. And, and this woman came up to me and said, have you heard, uh, now you've caught me on the hop here, but have you heard of this poet? And she said, a very Irish name. And I said, no, I haven't. And she said, well, he's he's our national poet. And she was from Jamaica. And, and he came as a missionary, I think, from Cork. And she started talking about the accent. And I was, as she was talking, I was going, oh, my God. You know, when you think of Cork, for people who aren't from Ireland, you know, there's a Cork accent. And it has that kind of a thing going on. And if you just move it slightly, and it becomes Jamaican. And I'm sorry for anyone from Cork in Jamaica where I'm, I'm <laughs> generalizing your beautiful accents. Um, but they have this amazing lilt and you can actually correlate it. And also you can correlate a Northern Irish accent to the deep, the, the Southern states in, in, in the United States where a lot of people went pre-famine. But yeah. you have, you know, the, the down there kind of Northern Irish sound. And you, take, you think of a, that lilt that you have in some... It's a, I love that. I mean, I you know, I the reason I got into other things like video production or or neuro neurolinguistics or or emotional intelligence is because I got a little bit bored. I have to be honest with you. I got a bit bored with with doing what I was doing. Not bored as in I didn't want to do it. I, I I've always loved it, but you know. I just needed something else to to observe in people, and I thought, and actually also because I, my initially my background was in film and theatre, so I was working with performers performers who already understood the need for technique and skills and and continuous yeah. practice. So when you're working with people in a corporate or sales environment or a non-performance world, you you have to find a way to explain that without talking about the create the create creative stuff you know that you're yeah, doing it yeah. because you want to discover more about your inner voice uh and that doesn't wash with a lot of people uh so nlp for example and other neuro-linguistic processes 
really helped me to find a way to explain that to people who weren't in the performance world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when I trained in, in EQ and emotional intelligence, that also gave me another insight because, again, probably going back to the question you asked me was, well, you, I think a lot of voice coaches talk about it in a, in a performance context. Yeah. And I think you, ha again, observing where the person is. If, if somebody is not artistically inclined, it doesn't matter how majestically and beautifully you explain it uh, in terms of creativity. It's, it just means nothing to them. So sometimes you have to be more logical, more practical, more pragmatic and create a structure for people. And, and, and I love that adaptability. And I, and I love the idea that just because you were successful in a pitch last week and you're making a similar one next week, it's a different audience and you have yeah. to be in the moment and you have to be able to respond. And I think that's why the biggest mistake I think people make is that when they're preparing something, they, they try to learn it. And they're doing this kind of, they're going into their brain to recover what they've learned. And you haven't spent four or six weeks like actors. By going into your brain and memorizing or taking the stuff you've memorized out, you are now putting almost like a wall in front of your audience because you need mm -hmm. to be speaking and you need to be looking for the clues and seeing their reactions and seeing what they're interested in and noticing that. And I think whether you do that vocally or through body language or through micro expressions or whatever, whatever yeah. thing you're studying, but I think that's that's what saved me from getting bored is that I feel, well, what more can I learn to help me observe the reactions of other people so that I can shortcut their learning and help them to become better at what they want to be much, much quicker and much, much uh, more effectively. They still have to do the work. <laughs> of course, uh, of course. You know, but it's, but it, I think that, I, I think that for me has always been the, the curiosity and the joy is, is just how, how, what more can I learn to help them more? I think that is a very predominant note that you've actually just said, because the more curious that you are, then the more that you can help people because then you're asking about them. And yes, the more yes. you ask about them, they can more, they can tell their story. They can talk about themselves. And the more they do that, you're using your emotional intelligence by your literal listening and your understanding of their language and stepping into their shoes. And the more you do that, I think uh, I think you become persuasive by just listening and understanding and using that in your favor because that, that's powerful, I think. And yeah. I really, this has been an absolutely wonderful podcast, Paul. And you've given loads and loads and loads and loads <laughs> of golden treasures in here, which I know people are going to add uh, and take lots of value out of this. How can people find more about you, Paul? Well, you can go to voicecoach.ie or you can, which I can see is coming along here. There's also voicematters.com. Um, and actually on both those websites, you can, you can click on a, a good old fashioned newsletter. Um, and I always promise people it's not, going to, it's not going to come at you more than five or six times a, a year. Um, okay. But I, I'm always happy to hear from people and I love hearing other people's stories. And, you know, so yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm happy for anyone to, to track me down. <laughs> 
really thank you so much. Uh, this has been absolutely all inspiring. So you've listened to the Global Sales Leader podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cooper. Uh, you'll find a little bit more uh, in the in the show notes afterwards uh, if you want to engage with Paul. He's phenomenal. Uh, I say I've been on his course and I learned a lot and I'm still learning a lot. And it's it definitely helped me and I'm sure it definitely helped you. So thank you once again and very much appreciative for this wonderful hour that you've given us. Thank you, Jason. I've really, really enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Global Sales Leader Podcast with your host, Jason Cooper. I hope and trust that you enjoyed this part two of this uh, thrilling episodes. And I'm looking forward to the next one already where we're going to be discussing all things to do with sales, from the psychology to the voice, to the body language, to the mind, to the mindset, and so much more. If you like this and you like this style of, of podcast please give it a like and if you can if you can possibly give it a share and share around your friends this has now been voted one of the top 60 podcast shows of 2021 to listen to within sales leadership so i trust that you enjoy this